Welcome to Girl, Get a Real Job, a podcast series by Women of the Week, a platform amplifying the visibility, voices and work of women, trans and non-binary creatives. I'm your host, Sara Kärpänen, a multimedia artist, writer and the founder of Women of the Week. Girl, Get a Real Job is a space where we normalize money and business talk as artists and creative practitioners. To continue the conversation, please find us on social media at Women of the Week and Girl, Get a Real Job. Now, let's start talking about the real worth of our creative work. Welcome to Girl, Get a Real Job podcast by Women of the Week. This is a space where we talk about money and the real worth of our creative work with my incredible guests. I'm your host, Sara Karpanen, and I am here today with Margot Carpentier, who is a French-born, London-based illustrator, image maker and educator whose incredible body of work expands from children's books to large-scale outdoor murals. In this week's episode, we are going to talk about what it is to like live in a London as a full-time artist and what it means to be a creative practitioner, entrepreneur today. How are you, Margot? Um, lovely to have you here, first of all. Hi. Yeah, I'm super happy to be here as well. Um, well, actually in my bedroom, but with you on my screen. Um, yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Just uh, holding on for the last weeks of winter, last days, actually. That's true. We are heading to towards change. the spring. Finally. Yes. <laughs> yes. Feels like an endless lockdown we've had in London, which kind of nicely ties up to today's conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. It questions a lot of um, of things professionally and and life and yeah, questions your lifestyle and all that. It's it's really interesting. It's so true. So how have how long have you lived in London for? Um, so I think it's been ten years plus. Yeah. 10 years. I moved here in 2010 from, uh, weirdly enough, from Surrey, <laughs> which is wow. an hour away. Yeah. And so before moving to Surrey, you lived in France, is that right? Yeah, I lived in France. I lived in Paris. So I jumped from Paris to Farnham, Surrey, um, to finish my degree. And it's this tiny town. Uh, in the countryside it was quite an interesting jump all the students there my friends were asking me why did you come to Farnham from Paris Um, why did you (laughs) I think yeah I don't know I think I had this opportunity one of the tutors to make to make it short but one of the tutors from that uni Farnham uni came to my university in Paris and it was kind of this exchange uh, program going on so I did that. I didn't even look for myself, like look for a place. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go there. And I always loved, Eng- well, loved England, uh, even though mm. I know it's got evil sides to it. But, you know, I've, I was always quite attracted to it. So, mm. yeah. What was your degree? What did you? Uh, it was actually graphic communication, I think it was called. So it was just a BA. I don't have a master's, don't have an MA. Um, but yeah, I, I, for some reason I took that path, I think because it had the most, um, life drawing and illustration hours 
at the time. And then you, from there, you, I mean, you are a full-time artist who I massively admire. So don't sell yourself, <laughs> um, don't sell yourself short by saying that you don't have a master's degree. Um, <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, I'm proud not to have a master's degree, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have nearly two and I can I cannot say that it's not always like I'm definitely questioning whether it's worth it but however at, the, at this moment and the time and place it does give me some good food for thought <laughs> um, but yeah I mean so how did you um, take that leap in a way I mean you know you graduated mm. then I know that you've been teaching as well you have your um, full-time practice as an illustrator uh, you also do large-scale outdoor murals as we said children children's books I mean the whole yeah. lot but how did you kind of build that career um, um, I think that's the question I'm, uh, question I'm often asked especially by students and I think it's an important one because when you graduate you I remember being completely, I was really lost and anxious. It was just after two years after the financial crisis. And even though it didn't really have an impact on me because we grew up in a time of instability, instability anyway, but I think the adults, family and, and even maybe teachers put a lot of pressure on us they were like really worried for us and that made me really anxious and I'm sure students now feel feel the same if not worse mm. and it is a tough leap to leave yeah to leave university move for some of us to a city that we don't know that is really expensive um and and how <laughs> how to manage that is it's a big question. I think for me, I was lucky to be somehow at the right place at the right time. And to have this, even though I was really lost and really anxious, but I had this inner confidence, luckily, and I think we, we talked about it a bit before, but confidence and, and self-worth, as you called it, is such an important aspect of, mm. of starting your professional life as an adult and your adult life. Mm. And that's something I was probably given to by my parents and I'm incredibly lucky. What do your um, parents do? Uh, my dad is an architect, actually. <laughs> and my mom, uh, she was a graphic designer and then gave up her job to move to the countryside when she had us with my dad uh, that's quite yeah and do you think that, was it their example that encouraged you or was it just was it like some of their advice that they gave you the way that you were taught um yeah I think yeah 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 to bounce back to what I just said um yeah my yeah my they, they've always did a lot of art with us and my dad wasn't like here a lot but he always took time to paint with me and things like that so that was really really nice and he told us do what you want to do that's so important love your work you know and I think that was a quite good message and you said that in the art school I mean the environment was you know, you're going to go to a very tough job market where yeah. there may not be enough for all. Do you think that influenced you? And or was there any other kind of more practical tools or, you know, this kind of 
that message. Do you mean the did university give me tools to yeah arrive in in my yeah in professional life? No, I don't think so. Uh, it's crazy. Isn't yeah, crazy. But it's a bit crazy. But also, I'm someone. I think I'm being a bit unfair because I'm someone who can't really understand things before I experience them in that respect. So they probably try to pretend to give us some sort of keys, but I, it didn't reach my head either because when you're not, when you're not in it, it's really hard to understand that you have to invoice or you have to do taxes and, and, I don't think yeah. this was even mentioned. But yeah, yeah, that's. A, but I think that's an excellent point. Um, something. I mean, it's kind of a cliche that we weren't taught how to do our taxes in art school. Yeah. Um, but but it is a cliche for a reason because it's true. It's true. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. I have, as I mentioned, uh, like two higher degrees and in arts and not in single one of them, not in the theoretical ones, nor in the practical ones. Um, and then I also have been trained as a, as a painter, not in a single one, not even once have we taught of how to do a good grant application, for example, which would be very oh, beneficial yeah. for an artist. Yes. Or no idea. the taxes as a freelancer, because eventually, obviously, I mean, we most likely at least at some point in our lives or parts of our lives, we'll, going to be working as sole traders or freelancers, entrepreneurs, whatever you mm. call them. Yeah, I'm still mixed up. I'm still confused about what. What do you what. call yourself? I think I'm a sole trader. Yeah. In like in my tax form, you know, self-employed sole trader. Oh, I don't, am I getting like that wrong? <laughs> in my personal life. Um, ah, yeah, that's always a question with my fellow um, illustrators and artists neighbors at the studio we are always quite reluctant to call ourselves artists mm -hmm. because it sounds yeah. too big for for us you know like for, for me anyway but I've started doing it I've started calling myself an artist because it one it simplifies the matter and I feel like calling myself an illustrator maybe puts me in a in a box even though um, I'm all for it but yeah it artist is kind of broader but for some reason it's like that it it's that big myth you know of, a, of the artist which is stupid really I, yeah I, I, I get that um yeah. I kind of allowed myself to call myself um an artist um after my master of arts degree I was like, <laughs> my big piece of paper <laughs> I may as well give myself the title yeah but I understand I also I know many artists who don't want to call themselves um artists because they find the term condescending it um, is or you know we have still this um suffering artist myth which I'm very passionate about to break yeah <laughs> have you ever encountered that yourself yeah um i think my yeah obviously my family was quite worried especially me being in another country and started my career starting my career as not working for someone i did have a job on the side um it, it was a nanny job it was great uh, but yeah, I was essentially working as an, an artist and especially for my grandmothers, 
bless them, I love them, but they were both in their own ways, had their really old school perception of what an artist was. And so I maybe couldn't make it, you know, like they were always asking me and them and other people as well, do you make money? And I always found that question, obviously you need to make money. And, but I always found it quite odd that it was the first thing that people asked me, you know? Do you make money or you save? I think it comes from worrying, from it's well intentioned, maybe, or I never took it any other way. But yeah, Um, and obviously, I was talking to my friend about the whole notion of um, money and that we grew up with, and we thought things couldn't be any different you know the whole capitalist system and all and and it's so present in our education and practice and on life that just now I'm trying I'm starting to wake up well I've been thinking about it for a few years but now I'm starting to wake up and starting to think that now I'm safe financially it would be good to stay safe uh, and take take my practice and relationship to money somewhere else. I started, for example, I started trading work. What's I that? Done it much, What's the trading work? Trading, exchanging. Um, somebody asked me six months ago for a few illustrations for a book about a, a little book online she was working on about great, how to make your business green and all that kind of things. And she also, she's also a website designer. And I thought, you know what? I don't, you, you're a small, you're a person. You probably don't have much budget and I need a website. So why don't we swap skills? And, and we did, and it worked out quite nicely. And that was nice to just, I don't know what the repercussion is going to be on my tax form, for example, for that kind of process. I need to think about it, but it was nice to come out of that sort of financial exchange Mm. Uh, but also it's a, it's a privilege to be able to think that way, you know. it's There are so yeah. many things that you just said that I really love and, um, and you know, love your courage to say those things as well because I do think that it's, a, it's definitely a path that um, we have to, as creative practitioners, to also encounter at, I think at some point in our lives, I mean, we do live in this society by its rules, though our artwork Mm. can look at all, like beautifully also happen outside of it or look at society from um, through a different lens, which is this freedom that I love. However, um, as people and practitioners, we do share the same responsibilities such as tax forms and um and something really struck me that my old professor told me she said I might have shared this before but she said you know um what does make people who work at offices any more important than we that what we do here like what does their work why is their work so so called more important with their papers and typing machines or <laughs> typing reports? We're <machines>. not <laughs> yeah, typing machines anymore, but you know, you, you kind of get what I mean. Yeah. Um, than that, what we do and what we decide to do, like it is 
work like or work Completely. is work and should yeah, be compensated accordingly or whatever we choose and I think I, I loved what you said about um wanting to or choosing to to stay solid with money like that is also a, a choice mm. to make and it doesn't mean that you are a bad person <laughs> that you well, yeah. love capitalism <laughs> Yeah, I guess <laughs> coming back to London, we live in London and we made that choice like like you mentioned before and it's there's no other way than having that sort of pay your rent, pay your student your rent, pay pay your bill sort of basis. That's what I'm called I'm calling, you know, safety. Mm. But it comes it comes up to like quite a lot of money at the end of each month. Yeah, so that is something I get often asked, especially by my friends in Finland, like, how do I afford to, how can I afford to live in London? Um, And yeah, here I am still after seven years and counting. (laughs) Um, And I think I've made that decision every year. Every year I've asked myself, do I still want to live here? Because I think, you know, we have to take responsibility of our own actions and in the environment that we are. I understand this is not the reality for everyone, but for me, especially, (laughs) you know, Mm. able-bodied, white, European, expat deciding to live in a foreign country you know I'm not forced to stay here so I can fully decide to go back home if I wanted to but of course the pressure like you said um, London has given me so much and keeps on giving me so much what are the things that London gives you and um, what is the London for you like um London I'm I'm the same I think and I've I've spoken to a lot of especially foreign people but I know I'm noticing that Brits are starting to question it as well after lockdown why do we stay here why do we stay in this polluted expensive city um and I guess the sort of how we justified it and it's still a thing <laughs> well not at the moment but the, the whole cultural aspect of it is um is a major um privilege mm. in london but it is not the only place that has culture don't get me wrong um and why 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 i guess in at the f- first few years of my career at least five, five or more years, it was really important for me to meet people and to be places and, and you know, word to mouth, sort of getting jobs and all that. But I think for now, I can maybe not rely on it so much. And uh, yeah, why are we staying in London? I, I question it all the time, even though a little uh, question, but um, I've heard that it was in some ways greener to live live in in cities because we live in flat shares and we don't have cars and I can't even drive and and yeah we we live in small spaces and that kind of um, reassured me a little bit (laughs) into my sort of lifestyle Um, but otherwise it is a challenging place and I've been questioning it a lot since lockdown since my sort of pace of life completely changed and I had like a lot of us privileged ones I'm amazingly grateful for it um had time to stop and think you know that's we've been brought up thinking we we had to 
do things constantly is that sort of capitalist mentality you have to be productive and all that and and now we we're just coming into questioning it mm. silly us <laughs> we should have thought about it before but better later than never yes i guess yeah 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 and once again it's a very privileged sort of train of thought but yeah it's i think what i'm lacking now in my career and in london is well, i'm contradicting myself but is space mm. uh, and that ties up with with the sort of um problematic you usually explore in your podcast and time to to some respect because i'm, I'm i still feel very stuck and very into that kind of productivity um sort of pace of life it's a it's a i feel like it's a machine that is this going fast and it's very hard to to stop you know and and mm. steer away um and i think london are this sort of big expensive city really create this trap for you in a way mm. that this space is not there for you to space physical space but also mental space is not easily accessible uh for you to to create to to live you know like it's, it's valid for everyone because life is creative for most people i think this that's demystifying the artist word again mm. but i think a lot of people could call themselves artists maybe 100%. we all essentially or i guess 100% creative beings and and yeah um so i think living in that sort of structure uh is is doesn't encourage that and it's really hard to claim space and i think now especially during lockdown since lockdown we have also questioned for me personally i mean i've also stayed in london because of the opportunities you know yeah. endless possibilities that we like it's almost like a, a romanticized idea that we've been sold yeah. to but on the other hand which um you know living here has enriched you know my practice but also like made me grow in ways that i couldn't imagine doing or you know being the woman that I am today or the mm -hmm. artist that I am today a human that I am today have I, had I stayed um, in Finland or or in my hometown you know like my whole life so um, I guess that it, there is that um, desire that comes with big cities you know there is always the new possibility it's a possibility to get yeah. lost it's a possibility to meet whoever you want to meet go to the best possible exhibitions or gigs whatever that is for you um And interestingly, also mentioned space. I mean, it is definitely, that is, uh, for artists, I think, mm. one of the key needs. Are there other needs that kind of, um, that you need um, that, um, you know, how are they fulfilled, these different types of needs you may have as an artist? Well, so the question of space again, Um Yeah, it is really a, a massive problem and something I question at the moment. It's physical space, studio space. I feel like a lot, or maybe I don't know enough, but a lot of, it's really difficult to find a studio and they're owned by these big companies that basically 
buy buildings and, and turn them into studio places, studio spaces, um, which are expensive and often in not very good conditions. And um, and yeah, I don't know if it's a London thing, but I feel like it might be a little bit of a London thing. And we people are constantly also moved out of their spaces because the more like the need to buy fancy flat, uh, build fancy flats, you know, it's it's also yeah. Um, and for example, I'm renting a a studio in in Dalston and it's owned by one of these big companies that claim to be affordable claim to be charity sorry guys but I don't think it really is and the building is great well it's in a state it's in a little bit of a state but there was potential for a communal area for example that I think is so important so important and we had a little a big commercial space on on the on the streets that was that could have been turned into a gallery or and a meeting place and a, a workshop space you know to to give to give little workshops lessons talks everything like for the community for for ourselves and and what did the landlords do they turned it into more studios which means we don't have any space to to organize that kind of events or, or meetings, you know, and, and I find this really sad and I don't know, I'm going to try to find somewhere else maybe, but I don't know where that is possible anymore. That the, you know, with the space become is becoming harder and harder to find. And with space, as you said, comes um, um, with space comes community, and I think those mm-hmm. are they go hand in hand. And we do need community um, around us. You know, we can also people we can learn from, yeah, you know, family that we can feel like you know somewhere where we belong. Um, as you know, I just recently lost my studio space at yeah. Stour Space. Rest in peace, beautiful Stour in Hackneywick. <laughs> um, but that does make me obviously question of the next um, step as well and Mm -hmm. where and how to gain that same sense of community. And it's something that I think it's such a beautiful thing that we are able to have this. And I don't think I would have had this elsewhere in this, obviously in the same type of scale. Mm. But yeah, I think we have to start something on our own. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's it. I think, and you've been talking about it for a little while now. Maybe I'm that's it, you know? Seats, Margot. <laughs> Coming from the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Top. And, I, yeah. and maybe, sadly, maybe this lockdown will, and, and COVID situation will reshuffle things and spaces. And hopefully maybe big company, well, big sort of chain uh, shops will, will have had to close down, not independent ones. And and space will be there to claim. I don't know. Mm. Where do you Where see yourself in five years' time? <laughs> that's a good question that I don't ask myself enough. And that's really bad. Uh, I think I had this thing. I don't know if other people feel like me, but when I graduated and when I, I officially became an adult at 22, 23, <laughs> even though you're adult before, but yeah, you know. Um, I don't feel I, an adult at the age <laughs> of 33. Um, 
me neither. I think I had to call myself an adult. I had to make myself call myself wow. an adult. Otherwise, you grew up really early. Sorry, I hijacked your question. <laughs> I wish I didn't. Um, no, but I, when I when I moved to London, coincided with the time that I stopped completely thinking of my future. It was daily, sort of. A, my life was built on daily basis, and my career. I think I didn't have. At the end of the day, I was a bit happy-go-lucky. I didn't have, I didn't make such aware decisions of like in in the sense of steer things one way or another. And I think now I'm in a kind of cross path in my life where I really think to, and I really need to think about the future and think where I want to be in five years. And the, my reply is, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I. I'm not quite sure. Maybe somewhere with more space. <laughs> somewhere with more space. More space, and uh, yeah, and 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 may make more personal work. It's what I really want to focus mm -hmm. on at the moment. So that comes comes in with time and space and sort of finances. Obviously, there's all these questions that I need to organize in my head freedom yeah freedom what is freedom <laughs> to be able to do what you want maybe yeah 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 no and I'm, I'm, I'm um, quite free well could you share a little nugget of what's next for you or what are you working on at the moment well I am packing up I've spent the winter it was it was a little bit painful uh spend the winter working every day most days on Uh, books, illustrated books, and they're quite long. They're really I'm beautiful. The ones that are the sum. Oh, of I hope. I'm never, never sure how they're going to turn up. Hopefully, they're going to be great uh, and well received. Right. Uh, and they're not my stories. I would like to work on my own stories, but they are not. Which it's it's still great. But yeah, I've I've been working on that full time, and now I'm packing up, uh, finishing them. And I really need to make myself take some time to create work, paintings, new screen prints, uh, take some time to go to the screen printing studio and print new stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it would be great if it happened and which means turning down commercial work, which I'm very bad at doing. Yeah, <laughs> but we're we're learning, uh, yeah, which, and once again, it's an amazing, it's amazingly lucky to be even able to consider that. Um, but I have yeah. no doubts that you wouldn't deserve all. all <laughs> I don't and, know. And more. Is there anything? I know it's a very uh, large and perhaps even simplified question. However, I do think that you have so much to give to others as well. Is there any um, a piece of advice, perhaps, uh, that you could uh, give to someone who is like, "How do I just do that and yeah. become an artist, or to you know start making a living as one, especially?" Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm often asked that as well. And to coming coming back to sort of confidence and self-worth, I think work on this, work on being confident. And I was really unconfident in other, other aspects of my life, but I always trusted in my work. And I think that's how I made it. Uh, I, I'm not saying be 
cocky and pretentious. I'm just saying trust in yourself and in your work. And, mm. and I think at first you're going to have to put a lot of hours in, in producing work and, and don't do like me, just be a bit more mindful of where you want to be in five years, because there's, there's always sort of work that you're going to have to do in trying to shape your path and be really mindful of that work for clients that you want to work for and if you want to make personal work make the time for it Mm. take the time for it um but yeah trust in your work and meet people Mm. (laughs) i guess that's so beautiful. That's a beautiful um, end note. I think I'm aware that it's a bit abstract, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, I think but... you know we also need to um, be reaffirmed. I think time and time again that we are capable of doing things that we may not even have the courage to believe in ourselves. But yeah. hearing and seeing someone to do it, I think, can at least for me many times it kind of has given me the confidence to go on like if I think of again self-confidence and worth if she can do it so can I yes her success actually amplifies mine and so hopefully I have a very visual image of like um of watering plants you know if you think of flowers if you think mm-hmm. of like daffodils that are not like especially now right now that are blooming um you know they 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 look beautiful when 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 there are more flowers next to them and you know the more bigger like yellow um paths they create but they really um bloom next to each other so that's think, true yeah and we we get so inspired by each other as well and, exactly. and constantly listening to other people reading other people and, and i am 100%. really grateful for for these past people who do the work exactly yeah and there's always enough in nature you know there's yeah. always enough for everyone and i don't think that we as humans are that different no <laughs> thank you so much margo for coming to girl get a real job now where can we find more about you and your work um be that on social media or on the internet oh yeah um <laughs> Well, you can have a look at my new website, um, designed by the great little green space. Uh, it's, yeah, my name, margotcarpentier.com. And my Instagram is margotcarp. Margot is a bit of a weird spelling. So, yeah, but I'm sure it's going to be in the title of the podcast. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, thank you so much for all the nuggets of wisdom, wisdom that you shared and just your beautiful presence and work and do go see Margot's work. It's incredible. Well, thank you for inviting me to do this podcast. It's my first podcast, by the way. Yay! <laughs> my pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Also, if you like this episode, please review it and share it and follow us at Girl Get a Real Job and Women of the Week. Thank you. And have a beautiful day. You too. Bye. Bye. If you liked this episode, please review it or share it with a friend.